Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Alrighty, guys. Maybe have a glass of wine while you're listening to this episode. Kick back in your PJs. Just chill and like be with us for a second. We're wanting to get super real today. Not that we're any less real any other day, but we're kind of taking it back today. I think that sometimes we hear so often that lives on Instagram look fancier than they are. Facebook portrays a certain way. And we always really are, you know, in tune with being authentic for you guys and our real selves as much as we can. I've been doing Facebook lives now without any makeup on, which is new for me. But that's our our real selves now. And I think sometimes we forget where people have come from and what they've gone through in order to get to be where they are today. So that's what we're doing today. You're going to hear all the way back when we were little wee babies from both of us. And hopefully you can relate to some of the things that we bring up. Hopefully you can begin to understand that it's not sparkles and unicorns and Starbucks over here all the time. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened. And we'll kind of go over some ways that you can take some of the shit that's happened in your life too, and use it to drive your business and drive who you are and drive how you connect with your audience. So maybe some tissues, maybe some wine, just hang out with us. Let's get to know each other a bit. Yeah. So... I hate to like be a downer from the very beginning, but it's kind of what you do. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. But for reals, though, I had a really hard childhood, to be completely honest. And mom, if you're listening, either pause this or just sit down. Okay. (laughs) I love you. When I was little, like very little, I had to grow up really fast. My mom, when she was pregnant with my baby sister, we're two and a half years apart about, she had a brain tumor. But she didn't know she had a brain tumor. She just had these 
giant migraines and she didn't know it was wrong and she was the first woman at the local hospital to have an MRI while pregnant and she was the first woman to have brain surgery while pregnant and my sister came and the brain tumor was gone but the surgery left my mom permanently disabled. My mom is now a fully functioning, loving, caring mother, but it changed her life and my life and my entire family's life forever. I didn't have a normal childhood. I spent most of my childhood sitting in hospital waiting rooms and doctor's offices. And to make matters worse, by the time I got to high school, my dad had been through the ringer as well. And he too went on disability. He struggled with depression and he was overweight and had high blood pressure and diabetes and the list of medical diagnoses went on and on. And I was 16 and I couldn't handle the pressure. I had watched my parents disintegrate in front of me and I was falling apart. Well, and I want to interject here for a second. If sure. if you guys are new to Abby or new to TCC and maybe don't know that the type of personality that she is. I feel like there has to be a name for this, but somehow there still hasn't been one. But Abby deeply, deeply feels for everyone. Everything that's happening in her life, the things that those people are going through, the things that are being thrown at them, the things that worry them and stress them, she takes that weight on as well. Maybe for a hope to take it off of them a little bit. Since we know that physically can't happen, what ends up happening is Her parents are going through it, and Abby, to some degree, is going through the same thing that her parents were because of the type of person that she just is. Yeah. I mean, that's just how I was. I was not just empathetic, but I was raising my sister. I was cleaning the house. I was putting food on the table. I was worried about them paying the mortgage. I was concerned that we wouldn't be able to afford, you know, my tennis shoes for basketball practice. I wasn't living a normal childhood. And by 16, I had watched both my parents go through all of these things. I watched my grandfather pass away. I watched my uncle commit suicide. I literally was falling apart and was eventually diagnosed bipolar myself and between my sophomore and junior year of high school I gained 80 pounds no 16 year old should gain 80 pounds in one year I'm just saying I considered suicide I remember laying on the floor of my bathroom Sorry, guys. Begging my mom to let me kill myself. But. Debbie said no. (laughs) She did. She did. 
And we love her for that. We did. We do. I became a stronger person because of it. That dark time came and went. We went from, you know, reasonable salary when my dad was working. I was going to private high school because my parents refused to let me have nothing but the best to living nearly at the poverty line when they were both living on disability income. And I got into state college because I didn't feel like we could afford anything else. And I decided that I was paying for school because nobody else could afford it. So I got every grant and scholarship in the book And I graduated college in three years. I took 21 hours a semester like a crazy person (laughs) because I couldn't afford not to work. I spent years seeing psychologists. I stopped taking meds myself at 18. And I was scared more than anything else that I would end up like my parents. And I remember going through school kind of being a rebel because both of them had this extreme math background. They were both engineers. They were both smarter than hell. And they both had been served this shitty, shitty medical history. And I felt like neither one of them deserved what had happened to them because they were both so smart. But I decided to go a different direction because I thought, well, if I don't follow in their footsteps, then this won't happen to me. And so I went to art school instead of becoming an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. And it seemed like a good decision at the time. And I'm glad I did it, but it... It really set me up to, you know, challenge me. Like, you go to art school and you're like, well, crap. Like, talk about coming out with a challenge. How are you going to make money with an art degree? Like, how are you going to support a family with, with that as your background? And all I wanted to do was provide. Like, that was literally my only goal in life. I wanted to be able to start a family and have like the most secure base in the world. That's all I wanted. Like it wasn't about the work. It wasn't about money. It was literally that I wanted stability because I hadn't lived a stable life. I hadn't lived in a world where every day was the same ever, ever. And despite everything, I'd always gotten excellent grades. Out of school, I always made excellent money. I was always an excellent negotiator. And I never let anyone tell me I couldn't. And I think it was just because I was determined to be different. And I was raised to be strong, to be stronger than anyone else, to be different than anyone else. Because 
no one expects to have a golf ball sized tumor, let alone live through that, let alone, you know, live a normal life after that. I was stronger because I had to be. I was stronger because I needed to be. And now I feel like it was just a giant, like, preparatory system for me to be able to do this job because this job wasn't made for a normal person. Oh, Lord, no. It was like this relationship I have with you is it's not normal. It's it's fate. And it's and I'm really excited to talk about what it's pushed us to do. But I think the things I've been through have just prepared me for this mission that I'm on now. And, you know, I feel like, yes, I have been so far down. I've been so far down. I've been to the bottom, but now I'm on the way up. And, you know, recently, for those of you who don't know, or maybe you do, I was in a car accident last November. And since then, I've struggled with this deep depression because it's been hard. It's it's so hard because it doesn't look like I have anything wrong with me. It doesn't look like there's anything I'm struggling with on the outside. I look normal, but yet I'm in pain every single day. And I'm fearful of what that'll do to me as a person. And yet I remember everything I've been through and everything my parents have been through. And I know that I'll come through on the other side stronger. But I know, like, if I had been in a normal job, like if I had been working corporate when this had happened to me, I wouldn't be working right now. Like, I would be on disability. And I can't imagine what that would do to my ego. Like, but this job has literally allowed me the flexibility to go through this thing, whatever this thing is. I don't even know how to describe it to people because we still don't even really know what's wrong with me. With grace and gumption and hope and prayer and, you know, I still struggle. It's still hard. Um, But I now have thousands of people cheering me on on the other side, which is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Like the fact that when I have a bad day, I can literally ask literally anyone in our group on the podcast on Instagram if i was really gutsy i could email 11,000 people <laughs> for you know a pep talk and you guys come at me with the words of angels like i just i don't know why i'm here now but i know there's a reason and I'm excited for Emily to share her story because I think despite having so many differences, 
there's a lot of parallels in our story. Yeah. I think the beginning of my story isn't much different than what a lot of people go through. I come from a divorced family, which is not new. It's actually very rare to not come from a divorced family. Abby and my husband are the only people I know in my life who don't come from a divorced family. But I think what was the interesting aspect of that is when my dad left when I was three, he moved states and we were four hours apart. And so in order to see each other, my parents were driving hours on end to meet up with each other every weekend. And by the time I turned six is when Southwest Airlines let small children fly by themselves, which I think is insane now that I'm thinking about it. But so for a decade, from the time that I was six till I was 16, I was flying Every other weekend, I would catch the 610 flight on a Friday and catch the 450 flight on a Sunday every other weekend from Kansas City to Tulsa and back. So that meant I didn't really have a lot of friends in either place. I had one friend, to be exact. I still have her today. She's amazing. Shout out to Amanda. But it was really, really impossible for me to create a community to belong to anything I could never be on sports teams or dance teams or music groups or anything because I was never there to do the requirements to be a member of that group. I didn't join anything until my junior year of high school (laughs) is how late into the game I got into things, which I think had a really big impact into college and high school and everything. But I racked up some miles and What that got me to do or let me to do is make up identities, right? You get to fly on an airplane. No one knows who you are. You're six, you're 10, you're 13. And I got to just create these elaborate stories about who I was and where I was traveling and why I was going there and what my life was like. And I think that really started to begin to fuel a lot of my creativity and a lot of my storytelling because I got to be someone new every other weekend when I just didn't want to be myself anymore. So then outside of traveling from state to state every other weekend, we also picked up and moved about every couple months at my mom's. My mom cleaned houses while I was growing up. She did that until I graduated college and it allowed her the schedule to pick me up from school and be there with me on nights and weekends. And she made great money doing it, but she was cleaning houses. That's what she did, which was not fun to tell people. But that meant that we didn't have a lot of money. She was able to put some food on the table. Sometimes we had to rely on other sources. We didn't have a lot of extra things. It's okay. My mom said, you don't don't watch TV because it's bad for you. It's not because we can't afford a TV. It's fine. But She started living in these things called show homes where you rich people have their mansions and they've already moved on to their other mansion because they can afford to have two at one time, but they need to sell their old mansion and mansions sell when people are living in it, when stuff is in it. And so we would move into these mansions and my mom wanted to go to school for interior design when she was with my dad. That's what she wanted to do, but because of life that didn't happen. So she got to practice that skill. She would stage these homes and set up our furniture and set up our china hutch and our dishes and the pillows and the Christmas tree and wherever the holidays were, we celebrated them there and we we did it big and we did it hard. Sometimes we would move in a week. Sometimes it was six months. 
Sometimes the house had a pool. Sometimes we had a sauna. Sometimes we had a bidet. I remember a house with a bidet. It was the fanciest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so I got to pretend to be someone else there too. I remember like walking through the halls of these mansions and I would pretend, this is so dumb, you guys. I would pretend I was on MTV Cribs and I was welcoming people to my mansion. Because I mean, these are massive houses, people. So I would explain to them why we had this sauna and why we had this pool house and all these extra rooms. And I would walk them through and I would time myself. How long does it take me to get from the entryway to the kitchen? How long does it take me to get from the kitchen to the other end of the house? And that started to equate value to me. And the longer it took you to get somewhere, that meant the bigger your house was. And so those were, those were the dreams and the lands that I was living in. But when that stopped, at the end of the day, we could barely afford a one-room apartment. That's why we got to live in these houses, because the rent was super cheap. So it was this complex of, that's not really us, but that's what my everyday life was. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So after living paycheck to paycheck and continuing to doing show homes and half living in Kansas City, half living in Tulsa, I eventually moved to Kansas City full time when I was 12 to live with my dad. And I had a half brother who was born. We were 12 years apart. He's amazing. It's awesome. But that was different. I had a stepmom forever. She's my bonus mom. That relationship has grown and shifted and pivoted across the decades. There were times when my parents couldn't even stand to be in the room together. They would correspond through a lawyer or through me, which was super fun. So I think at that point, I just kept living in this world that I wasn't actually a part of, that wasn't actually any part of my reality whatsoever. And so that left so much out of my control that I had to control something. And at that point, being a young teenage girl, it was my weight and it was my body. So which led to an eating disorder and group therapy and counseling and almost went to camp for that, which could have been interesting, but I got to skip that. Talked to my parents out of making me go to that. But it's something I still deal with today. There are factors in my life that just cannot be because it can resurface a lot of those old behaviors and a lot of those old wounds. So throughout high school, I was a 4.0 student. I did awesome. I didn't join my first group until my junior year. It was National Honor Society and the newspaper in the same year. I was super nerd alert there. So I left high school, going to college, taking loans out for everything because that's what my family did. We were living paycheck to paycheck and credit card bill to credit card bill. No one knew how to save. No one knew how to budget. No one knew any of that. So I didn't know any of that. So to this day, student loans are a big part of my life. I worked through college, but college was really, really hard for me. I don't know why that's a thing. I went to art school. I have a minor in psychology, a minor in multicultural studies, a degree in fine arts photography. I was going to a master's to get it. I got accepted somehow. I just, I enjoyed the atmosphere of it and I enjoyed the idea of it, but I I just wasn't good at it anymore. And so... That really hit home freshman year when things just started being really hard and life was not what I expected it to be at that time. I definitely thought stuff was going to be a lot easier. So we had some bouts of, you know, anxiety and some more therapy and medicine and all of that stuff to get through freshman year. But I graduated. I did it in four years, which is still not very common. Three years is amazing. Four years is still above average, I think by this standard. My husband took like six. He doesn't like to talk about it. But I walked away from grad school because I kind of just had to shake off that I was always that girl that was good at school. I was always 
the family member who got congratulated on her good grades and her paper. I was the first one in my family to go to college. I was the first in a lot of my family to even graduate high school. So it was a really big deal. And I think it was kind of a small identity crisis to say no to graduate school because that was where I was supposed to be. And that was my journey. But it forced me to think outside the box and try my talents elsewhere and try on for size what it was like to create this life a reality instead of this fake story that I would tell people. And how could I try to remain true to who I was and be authentic to who I was and attract the people who would accept me for who I am? I think it took a lot of learning at the beginning. Abby and I are the first to admit that neither one of us wanted to go in partnership with anyone else. Neither one of us ever wanted to work with anyone else. We were solo women from the get-go, and that's especially how I was raised. I was very much raised with the help of my mom and my nana, who are two incredibly strong and loud women. I am surrounded by loud women in my family. I've always been told that I can do literally anything I want and never take no for an answer, much like Abby, my mom and my nana, both who cleaned houses for a living practically their entire lives always wanted something more for me and wanted me to do bigger things. And so I think hearing them constantly in the back of my head and trying to find what community meant for me when I was never the girl with a lot of friends, when I was never the girl in organizations or clubs or anything, doing it online was super easy because I didn't have to like go out and and do the things physically and in person, right? So I could try to be this person online. And I did that for a little bit. I think at the very start of my business, I tried to make up this online identity of how I wanted to be portrayed and how I wanted people to see me. But it's really, really hard to keep that up. Yeah, you looked really cool, by the way. I did look really like I'm not cool. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But luckily, Abby came into my life a couple months after that was starting to take hold. And I think at that point, I was just like, well, I'm going to know her in person. I'm going to meet her in person and she's going to know. So I can't keep this other side up if it doesn't come naturally. And so I think both of us kind of figured out, hey, it's just easier to be us. It's easier to just do this our own way. Well, and I think the thing that's what happened when we talk about the way we met all the time, but I think the thing that we don't talk about is these things the things that we talked about today, they spilled out of us really quickly for each other. Yes. And we told each other our deepest, darkest secrets. And not that they're secret. Like, they're not something we're afraid to talk about. They're just hard. I think just like everyone else, we battle that balance of we're not asking for sympathy, We're just telling you what our life is like. And we're just trying to bring down the walls of, if you think we have it easier than you, here's what's going on. If you think we have something that you don't, here's how we were raised. Or whatever thought process is going to go through your head when you look at anyone else online, we want to be the people that are giving you a peek behind that a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't raised on a yacht with like a million dollars. like That's definitely how I live now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just not not my life, you know? And I mean, sure, I'd love to be rich, but it's not, 
It's not because of the money. It's just because of the security factor more than anything else. Yeah, if I never have to share a frozen bean burrito with my daughter and that's our only meal, I would be happy about that. Let's talk about food for just like a second. Because you and I both have, we both have food issues, but like very opposite food issues. <laughs> it's true. So Emily obviously had a eating disorder. So did I, but it, opposite ones, obviously. <laughs> opposite ones. But we have this, we have the opposite problem now. Mm-hmm. So Emily has taken her eating disorder and turned it into this like organic freak of nature. Like, like, like let's have the best of the best of everything around. Well, and to be honest, my therapist says that's an eating disorder in and of itself. So, oh, well, you know, things manifest differently. But see, <laughs> I have a problem where I grew up and my mom can vouch is that we ate at McDonald's all the time because we were so poor. It like it was cheaper for us to go eat off of the dollar menu than to go buy groceries and cook food. And so we would go get like a McChicken and then share a drink. So we would spend maybe $3, you know, and like you related because you used to share bean burritos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My mom would go to the frozen section of the grocery store and we would get a frozen pizza and a frozen bean burrito and the bean burrito would be like dinner. And I think the pizza would be two or three meals. Yeah. We were poor, guys. <laughs> like, really poor. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't joke about this. <laughs> so when we say we want to be rich, it's because we don't we don't want our family to experience that level of worry ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about finances with my mom. Because what, what happens, and you went through this with parents who were ill, And I think every child of divorce goes through this where we end up being our parents' best friend and confidant more than child. And it's just, it's a five-factor. It's fine. The relationships with our parents these days are great. We have all gone through years of therapy to make sure it's great. But when you're young and you don't know any different and, you know, your mom's complaining about if the electric bill is going to get paid or the car that just got repoed or whatever the light's going to stay on it that's just your normal and it's it's not surprising and it's not weird and so honestly when i grew up and and i remember hearing a lot of those stories from when my parents were young too when my dad was young he was extremely poor his five siblings and to this day they joke about you know when they got their water shut off and my dad had like carved a key in shops class so he could figure out how to turn it back on. I mean, it's just everyday conversation in my family of how to like work the system to get what you can get. So it's just funny to hear now of how we're sitting down to budget and finance for our own family and just how the conversations are so vastly different. Yeah. Well, Flash forward, my husband literally came home two days ago and he said, I forgot to pay the gas bill. And I literally, because he, I mean, he was poor growing up. His parents, like his mom cleaned houses and his dad was a teacher. So they didn't have a lot, but they weren't 
it was not the same, but still. But he was like, I forgot to pay the gas bill. And I literally nearly had a heart attack. I was like, you what? I was like, is the gas going to get turned off? Is everything okay? Like, and I was like panicking. And he's like, it's okay. I'm going to pay it. Like, it's like a dollar <laughs> sixty late fee or whatever. But I've never paid a bill late in my no. adult life ever. So I had a panic attack. See, and that's so funny is how very similar upbringings can just lead to different results. I rarely pay bills on time because that's like if you didn't have the money to pay it or if you needed that money to go somewhere else, you just didn't pay it and you just skipped it. And if there was a late fee, you just figure that out. If they came in and they took the car, you just figured it out. (laughs) I don't know. It's just so strange. So I think the big thing that we want to point out here is that despite all the hard, the hard stuff we went through, there was a huge common factor. We both had moms that every single day told us over and over again, we could do anything we wanted to do when we grew up. Mm -hmm. And they encouraged us to always be better than them. Mm -hmm. And they like went out of their way to make it sound like that was not just possible, but probable. Mm -hmm. And went like above and beyond to just say, like, you're going to do amazing things. And you're going to be amazing. And you can do anything you want. And like both of them, from as little as I can remember, always said this, despite how hard things got. And I think that at the heart of it is why we are both such strong women now. When I think if a woman has the skills to get her car that just got repoed back in time before her to take her kid to daycare and then get to work, girls got skills. (laughs) Girls got skills. (laughs) You just make any situation work no matter what. And I think something to take away from this is that it's very easy to let chronic illness, depression, disease, disorder, family life, sadness circumstances that aren't fun, financial situations, setbacks, it's really easy to cling on to those and say, okay, that's the reason that I'm going to choose today to not be successful. That right there, I'm going to pick that one today. And that's what I'm going to tell myself of why I couldn't write that blog post or why I couldn't call that client or why I couldn't ship that order or why I couldn't be active in the Facebook group. But it was that reason. That's the one I'm picking today. We could pick one of those reasons every single day. Or you can choose to see the light in all of it. And you can choose to persevere through all of it. And I know it's cliche as fuck to sit here and say that. But I'm telling you, if you know that end result, and you know that outcome that you want, and believe in your heart of hearts that you can do it, it can actually get done. And if you didn't have the women in your life, to tell you that you're amazing, to tell you that you're talented, that you're the smartest person we've ever met, that you can do absolutely anything you want. You just have to work for it and you have to plan for it and you have to do the work. If you didn't have that, let us be that for you. Absolutely. Let us tell you that however many times you need it. Like if you just want to like 
record this part on your phone to play it as like your Yeah, because the first part is going to be way too hard to listen to on repeat. Yeah, you don't want to listen to that on repeat. So just listen to this part. <laughs> and, and, and please believe me when I say it, every single one of you, every single one of you are capable of big, amazing, incredible things. Every single one of you is meant to do something that's going to help impact and change and shape someone else's life in some way. If it's down to a coffee cup, a print, a quote, a coaching call, a t-shirt, a digital download, a course, a webinar, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, there will be one person, at least one person that sees that thing and it hits them in the gut and it changes their direction of their life, of their business, of their health, of their happiness, of their wealth. There's one person out there. And if you just focus on that one person and have them in your the back of your eye every chance, maybe that one person is you some days. That's what's going to help keep you moving forward. I remember starting out and at the very, very beginning of our business, I remember that the both of us would say, if we just help one person a day, yep. we've done our job. Yeah, one person a day. And that was the focus every single day. And I felt so fulfilled by it. And if that's what you need to do to get started on this, then that's what I want you to do. That's where I want you to start. And since then, it's become so much bigger for us. And I think it's because we're driven by something so much bigger. Like we have 20, we have decades of baggage (laughs) burying us forward that we have pushing us to do something bigger because we knew there was a reason we went through all of that crap. Like there was a reason we had to go through that because now we want to do something more than to help one person. I mean, ultimately, we've set our business up to not just help overwhelm creatives create more productive and profitable businesses. Yes, that's kind of our go-to tagline, so to speak. But ultimately, we want more women to feel like they can be independent, to help more women to create businesses, to help more women to feel like they can support themselves even when no one else is there to support them and that they can do it despite all odds against them. Mm-hmm. Because we did not have shit in our favor for a long time. <laughs> we didn't. And you guys might come from shittier backgrounds than yeah. that. I mean, you know, what's shitty to us, you would have been like, well, that would have been nice. <laughs> so it's all relative to whoever's growing up in it, right? And the time and the space. So whatever your journey is, and maybe the opposite end of this, maybe you didn't have a shit childhood and you still struggle today and you're still like, well, damn it, I don't even have anything to complain about. And it's still hard for me. That's fine too. I give you permission to feel overwhelmed and exhausted and frustrated and wanting to pull on some negative as the reason why you can't move forward. But I still encourage you to step above that also. Guys, you have so much power 
inside of you. You just have to believe in yourself. You have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to say, even on your worst of days, I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. That's all we need. That's just- all life needs. Whatever best is for you today, just do that, okay? So I guess we have to still do talk strategy to me? Oh, shit. Here, talk strategy to me. Let's see. If you are needing to be uplifted, here's your one step one through three. Listen to this episode on repeat. (laughs) Until you believe it. Listen to the last 10 or 15 minutes until you believe it. That's all you need to do. Just one step. Okay? Sounds like an amazing strategy. Well, I hope we didn't make you cry too much. Because <laughs> I cried. Oh, yeah. But we love you. We support you. And we look forward to seeing all the amazing things you do. And if you guys need to talk this out, we hope you know you can join us inside our free private Facebook community. Mm-hmm. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.